You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do that. Hi, this is Paul Lazarus. In the 1980s, I produced and hosted a radio series called Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater. Now the Broadway Podcast Network is bringing back these shows. Today, The Art of Orchestration, featuring Jonathan Tunick, Michael Starobin, Hans Spialik, and the words of Robert Russell Bennett. This program was originally broadcast in 1986. This is Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Paul Lazarus. Today, a look at the art of orchestration, as practiced by four of Broadway's best, Hans Spialik, Jonathan Tunick, Michael Starobin, and Robert Russell Bennett. I sit at the same cluttered-up desk hour after hour, almost unconscious of the thousands of movements of the pen in my hand. I am not tired. I am excited. I vaguely hate the symptoms of sunrise that show at the east window, but it has no chance to get much attention from me. I'm not even conscious of the reasons for being here. The recording session five hours from now, the music copyist who will be here any minute for another ten pages of score, the money I'll get from the job, the ears waiting to hear the sounds I'm conceiving. None of these are what has kept me awake since 6 a.m. yesterday. But the sound of those violas, cellos, and horns is doing something I never heard before, and I'm excited. Their sound must be captured and put into a language that the players can understand and translate into live music. If I don't get these marks on paper, no one else will ever hear what I'm hearing. The words of veteran orchestrator Robert Russell Bennett, read by Herb Foster. The orchestrator's contribution to musical theater has traditionally been undervalued, Hans Spialik's work wasn't even acknowledged in theater programs until 1926, when he orchestrated the review Americana. And it was the first time I had my name on the program. As orchestrator? And Yeah, as orchestrator. Nobody had a name on the program. And you know where, under the credits at the end, I'm Miller Shoes, 
<laughs> Jonathan Tunick prefers the term arranger to orchestrator as being more comprehensive. A arranger is a musician who uses the same skills as a composer to either finish a piece of music that is incomplete in some way or to adapt a piece of music that is finished to some other medium. That adaptation can take any form. It can be transferring it from one performance medium to another. It can, you can arrange a, a piece that was written for string orchestra for organ. Now when we move that definition over to the specialty of orchestration, which means specifically applying these skills to adaptation for orchestra, well, I guess I've defined it. Michael Starobin's work is an expansion of the composer's intentions. A composer or a songwriter writes his song sitting at a piano playing the piano. It's written for the piano, which is a rhythm instrument which doesn't sustain, has pretty much a similar color over the whole keyboard, though that color can be changed. You then take that song and, as a designer, respond to it, um, to the emotional nuances of the song, or lack thereof, or, if you're asked to, you go against the emotional nuances that are in the song and respond to it by placing what the composer's written into the instruments, additional material if what he's written is so pianistic it can't fit other instruments, or just added material that responds to what he's doing mm -hmm. and supports it. Four Jews in a room bitching Four Jews in a room plot Hey, crime! I'm bitching, he's bitching, they're bitching We're bitching, bitch, 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 bitch Funny, 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 bitch, bitch Bitch, 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 bitch all the time What do they do for love? What do they do for love? Four Jews in a room bitching What do they do for love? Four Jews in a room stoop They stoop the opening of William Finn's March of the Falsettos, orchestrated by Michael Starobin. A really important thing for orchestration is to play different instruments. And I'm a pianist, basically, not a particularly good one. But in the past, when I was younger, I played flute, tuba, bass, a teeny bit of viola, um, percussion, timpani. Playing all those things, even the little bit, um, helps you understand how they work, how to get the colors out of them. March, march, march of the falsettos, march of the falsettos.
Robert Russell Bennett is best remembered for his orchestrations of Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals. In his book, Instrumentally Speaking, he described himself as the missing part of the composer. You are engaged to work with a composer and put his melodies into shape for a performance in the theater. Your task is to be a part of him, the part that is missing. He may be capable of doing the whole score himself, or he may not know a G-clef from a gargoyle. Your job is to bring in whatever he doesn't and make it feel like it belongs there. Michael Sterebin puts it another way. As I'm working on a piece, I don't feel like I'm doing something separate from what the composer has done. I feel like I'm continuing a job they've done, and in a well-orchestrated work that's well-composed, too, you really don't hear the seams. I mean, they are the same thing. Jonathan Tunick. I like to sit down with the composer and lyricist and just have them play through everything and talk about it, whatever questions come up, which are usually dramatic questions. If the music is uh, literately written and, and notated adequately, uh, then there are very few questions to ask about that. I mean, I might ask, uh, um, I mean, if, there, if there's some discrepancy in the notation, I'll check on that. Um, but usually, what you want to know is um, what are the dramatic elements here and what are our intentions mm -hmm. dramatically, which may not always be apparent. There's a terrific band and a real nice crowd. That's what Angie said. Never will understand with a whole evening planned how I got here instead. I defrosted a lamp shop and was going to watch a movie on TV. Now I'm standing under a neon sign watching it shine on me. There's a terrific band and a real nice crowd And it'll do me good to get out It isn't a singles bar, it's only a ballroom So what am I so nervous about? What if no one asks me to dance? What if someone asks me to dance? What if I catch the next bus? Billy Goldenberg's music, Jonathan Tunick's orchestration from Ballroom. Orchestrator Michael Starobin claims that his responsibility is to deal with words as well as music. The one thing that's hard to learn to do is to support a lyric without getting in the way of it. And as an orchestrator, you don't deal with words directly, but very indirectly you deal with them constantly. And that's, that's something where, yes, uh -huh. all composers will say to you, that's too busy. And I tend to get a little too busy sometimes. At the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, we feel no animosity, and yet our heads are spinning. We are the slightest bit bizarre. But since the time is now, holy cow, we shall make a solemn vow to concentrate on winning. We concentrate on winning.
Jonathan Tunick feels an important part of his job is to support the singer. You hear a voice, and you get to know that voice, and what kind of background suits that voice, and will show mm-hmm. it off best. And it's possible to, to really enhance a voice, to make dull notes brighter, to make, to make notes that are too bright smoother, mm-hmm. with an appropriate background. Having an orchestration written for you is like being fitted for, for a suit or a dress mm-hmm. that's made for you, as opposed to buying it off the rack. Hans Bialik, famous for his work with Rodgers and Hart and Cole Porter, agrees. I always ask, please tell me, are you really comfy? So you really think the orchestration should really make the singer comfortable? Oh, it makes the singer, makes the singer, gives a certain inspiration too. They, work for, they sometimes they wait for certain figures, and when they go out of town with the show, the flute player or the thing doesn't play it, they ask, what happened to that figure? From Rogers and Hearts On Your Toes, orchestrated by Hans Bialik. I'd like to get away, Junior, somewhere alone with you. It could be oh so gay, Junior. You need a laugh or two. A certain place I know, Junior, where funny people. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Anything Goes with Paul Lazarus. Jonathan Tunick acknowledges that the old theater orchestra is changing fast. The hip sound now is electric. And conventional instruments are quaint. We have a whole generation that's never heard an orchestra. That's, mm-hmm. that's perhaps heard a recording of an orchestra, but's never heard an orchestra. Or, or perhaps has even heard an orchestra mic'd and coming through a speaker in a theater. Those are the parents of the people who have never even heard that. They've only heard synthesizers. Michael Starobin welcomes the orchestrator's new electronic tools. The synthesizer is, to me, one of the most powerful tools because it can change its personality so quickly. Its personality, one has to grant, is an electronic one. It's not nearly as warm as a live musician playing an instrument. It can never replace that. And its value in those areas is not high. But its value is a source of color to support live musicians, to create color, to create really magical sounds, is invaluable. And for theater in particular... It's a wonderful instrument because that quick change of color and personality is what orchestration in the theater needs. Each of the orchestrators I spoke to described memorable shows he'd worked on. Hans Bialik recalled working with Cole Porter in 1930 on The New Yorkers, which featured such great songs as Love for Sale and Let's Fly Away. He also had a song. It was called I Happen to Like New York. Oh, yes, I love that song. Now this I did strictly, and it was written that way, in the Ravel style, you know. He was crazy about the orchestration, and you know what he did? He hired the orchestra after rehearsals for a half an hour, and he sat on the stage with a glass of, you know, he drank, uh, he had a glass of, and had the orchestra play, I happened to, like New York. He himself sitting on the bare stage at it. Cole Porter sitting on the stage listening to his own song with champagne. That's tremendous. I happen to like New York. I happen to like this town. I like the city air. I like to drink of it. The more I know New York, the more I think I like the sight and the sound and even the stink of it. I happen to like New York. I like to go to Battery Park and watch those liners booming in. I often ask myself why should it be that they should come so far from across the sea. I suppose it's because they all agree with me. They happen to like New York Last Sunday afternoon I took a trip to Hackensack But after I gave Hackensack once over I took the next train back I happen to like New York I happen to love this bird And when I have to give the world a last farewell And the undertaker starts to ring my funeral bell I don't want to go to heaven, don't want to go to hell 
Jonathan Tunick met the challenge of orchestrating Stephen Sondheim's specific overtures with its Japanese-influenced score by preparing in an unusual way. Maybe I shouldn't admit this. My, my research consisted of the following. I have a friend who is a percussionist who has a large collection of exotic instruments from all over the world, from Japan and every other country in the world. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a guided tour of his collection. I took notes and ordered some of these instruments to be used. Relatively few of them were Japanese. I bought a book on Kabuki theater and read it, and I got some records of Kabuki music, and I read the liner notes. That was my research. Michael Sterebin has also worked with Sondheim on Sunday in the Park with George, a show that required both contemporary and period sounds from the orchestra. The orchestration was determined for Sunday in the Park without any of the... 20th century music having been written and when that came along I just sort of had to find a way to get that out of basically what I did is I asked the reed players at that point to switch to saxophones I gave the uh, drummer a hi-hat to play to imitate a drum set and the synthesizer I then switched from more subtle sounds to more electronic sounds orchestration is a desk job Um, it's theater work but it's a desk job there's something wonderful about sitting in your own space with your materials around you at your desk with your piano there and discovering something and creating something at that desk. Um, to me, sometimes the most profound, wonderful moment is not the realization of the players playing it, but that finding that texture and like, going, yes, I can do that here. And yes, I can do that there at the desk mm-hmm. and hearing it. Hearing the orchestra at your desk, that can be, to me, the most exciting moment of theater. I never wanted to love you. I only wanted to love and not be blamed. Let me go, you should know. my profession one's love stays unexpressed here we stand take my hand god i'm distressed how i love I you i hate the world he hates everything i love my dad he loves his father i love the things i've never had love our family lord hear our call help us all help us all Oh, 
Hans Bialik recalled the first orchestra run-through for On Your Toes in Boston. As he remarked, orchestrators rarely get noticed by anyone. The only real appreciation as an arranger, and that concerns newspapers, people, composers, and all that, I got in On Your Toes, and neither from the composer, nor from the papers, nothing. But I share what happened at the reading rehearsal, the orchestra reading in Boston. No actor was supposed to be on the stage, nothing. Unknown to us, I didn't notice much, and uh, I didn't know him that time either. Uh, Rebels. Rebels. Was sitting on the stage. And then they play Small Hotel. Then I found out, says, hey, Ray. He was crying, tears were running. Mm -hmm. Says, what's the matter? You don't like it because he sang it. Not in, in the show, he or she sings it first. In the original, he sang it first. Oh. Uh, says, what, what's the matter with you? You don't like it? Says, no, Dick, it's so beautiful. Mm. That was the only real appreciation as, a, as an arranger among all those billions of notes I wrote through the years. You know. mm. I got naturally, I got wonderful. But as soon as I got bad ones, you have to take it whatever you get. I'd like to get away, Junior, somewhere with you. It could be so gay, Junior. You need a I know, Frankie, where funny people can have fun. That's where we two will go, darling, before you can count up one, two, three. Oh. 
not a sign of people who wants people into our little shell and we will thank the small hotel to the Art of Orchestration. Sound mixing by David Rapkin, associate producer Jeff London. Anything Goes Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit anythinggoespl.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theatre community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theatre professionals, search the RISE Theatre Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheatre.org. That's theatre with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.